but... I'm not buckled up yet. And... But yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, anyway. Ah, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> when I say, are you ready to buckle up? Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters Welcome to another episode of Buckle Up Man oh man um, well, No matter what I say uh, You know to introduce my guest For this episode It's really not going to give her justice I'm, I'm pretty sure about that but I'll try um, she's, so, she's one of our heroes I can tell you that <laughs> One of our heroes in the Arab world uh, I'm, I'm very vocal about um, Having our voices Heard and having our stories Told by us, not for us, if you know what I mean. Our stories in the Western media are always told, oh, they do this, they do that. We don't have a voice, but guess what? Now we have incredible voices and this incredible person sitting to my right is definitely one of them. So she's somebody who I definitely look up to. You're, uh, she's an inspiration. Thank you so uh, she's much. somebody who um, impacted a lot of life. Um, and uh, she got a number one podcast in the Middle East. Right? Am I right? Yeah, man. And this is just incredible in every single way. So, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the one and only Rana Nawaz. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for that generous, how you doing? generous introduction. Yeah, you deserve you. way more. But how you doing, fam? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing great. Yeah? Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Are you ready to buckle up? Very ready. And now you can buckle up. Yay, at last. <laughs> We're finally buckle up. She's been buckled up the whole time. Like I'm telling you, she's a safe driver. Can we, can, we, can we buckle up now? Can we buckle up now? All right. Shout out to my brother Azero, making sure the audio is good. Um, peace and love to you, fam. Peace and light to you. Saraha, I'm a big fan of what you do and salute to everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Big so uh, we're going to try to have a conversation. I want to try to make it as you know light and informative as possible. I want to get to know you. Uh, first question that comes to my mind as a human being is, you worked for around 17 years in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. I really want to know what sparked that change. Like, wh when did you decide? 17 is a really long time. It feels like, halas, you got immersed in it. You're never going to get out of it or something like that. Mm. It feels. But then you, get, you got out of it and you made yeah. history. But I want to know what was the turning point? What was it? Yeah, I think like with many things, it's probably not just one thing. Mm. So a few things happened around the same time. Okay. I had changed my role. I had I loved my job that I did in aircraft leasing for nine years. My last sort of my last eleven years in corporate were aircraft leasing, and for nine years I was front frontline sales. So I was covering Africa, Turkey, Lebanon, and I was in the planes, uh, you know, selling our service and product to the airline CEOs. Then when I had my first kid, I needed to change my role to something that was, oh, ooh. That happens, it's all good. It's, it's the heat, it's the second time actually. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, first time it happens, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, Palestinian poet Farah Shamma. No. She's a Palestinian poet. Same thing, but you know, if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, this happens and we're rolling. If you don't know, the degree is around uh, 48, 49, and it apparently affects. <laughs> so when we interviewed Farah Shamma, it's funny. The same thing, it fell three times. Oh. So this is us, ladies and gentlemen. We're still going on. I'm going to pull over right now. And then, uh, um, yeah, we're going to be right back. We're gonna, you're going to see a very funny kind of kind of break happening right now. We'll be, we'll be right back. Let's go. Yeah, we'll awesome. Go. And we are back. Yes. We're back. Okay. So you're saying you had, uh, mashallah, your first kid, first and this kids. is where your the, your role as in the business changed. That's exactly right. So okay. I had to take a role where I didn't have to travel so much okay. and so unpredictably. And like, big up to you for that, by the way. Oh, I was trying to thank say you. because 
yeah, with all due respect to you know whatever opinions there are, I think family there comes in where you have to also yeah, you know. Yeah, and be I, present in the in the family. And, yeah, you know? sure. Look, it's a personal choice, and so, I had already, uh, you know, 15 years at the time. Correct. And I started my family very late, so I was, you know, 34 when I had Blessings. my. Uh, actually, no, I was 36 when I had my first kid. 38 Bless. when I had my second. Mashallah. Wow. So by the time my first kid came along, you know, 36 years, I had a long career, and I was really ready to say, okay, now I want to play mama. And so I still wanted to work. So I did a side, you know, I took a lateral move mm. to a job that sounded very interesting, but turned out to be quite dull. Okay. And so I wasn't very enthused by it. And then also when I came back from my second maternity leave, the company I was working for had undergone massive org changes. Mm. My boss had gone, his boss had gone. Oh, wow, wow. So okay. I didn't really enjoy my role. You're my, receiving messages already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and my boss, like the whole environment was different. Mm. And then the icing on the cake was when I found out I was paid less than my colleagues doing the same job. I heard you talk about that. And this yeah. was the, okay. That made me furious. That? So I was like, that's it, it's time. And of course, I had stumbled across my passion, which as you know, is helping women win. Yes. And so I wanted to slide into doing something more direct to help them. Because I'd always done it on the side. Mm. You know, I ran the GE Women's Network for three years. I was president of Elevate. All the stuff I was doing was really meaningful and impactful, mm. but always on the side. So okay. I decided to put my passion and interest front and center and so I made the jump that's it wow I love that I did start my podcast um, a few weeks actually before I walked out of the door the corporate door mm -hmm. I and it was how was the first I mean I've got to ask you about that your podcast is you know when uh, women win uh, I love the name Thank you. Yeah. Was there a process to come up with the name? I just want to, if, if there's a, you know, if there's a story behind the name itself, well, uh, it just, you know, came just naturally. With well, no, it was a long, I mean, it was a long yeah, uh, process, process of, of okay. yeah, of like trying this. What no, was that the first few names? Oh, you, you know, it. that's a great question. I would totally share, except I can't remember now. It's over two years. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would love to, gosh, I wish I wrote them mm, down. Mm, mm. But it took, I tell you, it took a long process of trial and error to agree on a name. Okay. And I was, you know, leveraging my friends. Of course. And, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? Anyway, I mean, what it came down to was the core purpose of mm. the podcast, which is to help women win mm. by exposing them to role models from diverse fields. Oh, wow. So amazing wow. women, actually ordinary women doing Ordin yeah. extraordinary things. Uh, <laughs> love that. And, uh, and expose them to it and show that, yeah, you know, we know that like Sheryl Sandberg wins and a lot of people say, well, she's distinctive and, mm. you know, and so there's this impression that the women who win are somehow, you know, really distinctive and un unrelatable and, un you know, achievable and all of that. But the point, one of the points of the podcast is actually look at all this array of women winning in all different parts of the world, in all industries, you know, they all look different and sound different. They all do different things they have different passions and they're all winning and so it's to kind of make that winning thing more uh, relatable mm. to listeners and of course to give inspiration and most importantly actionable practical tips and tools but I mean this I just feel incredible and I feel also a bit dumb. I've been roaming around here for like, you know, two circles. <laughs> talking about winning, we're roaming around every time I reach a dead end. But man, oh man, this is beautiful what you just said. I, I love what you said because it's true. It comes from different, you know, background, diversity. It's really important. Um, if you allow me, I want to talk about something personal. Um, uh, you know, you were diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. 
shortly after you actually began. Yeah, six weeks. Wow. I really got a, I mean, I don't know if you, how to tap into that, but how, how were you able to overcome that? You started something you're passionate about, mm-hmm. five, six weeks down the line, you know, you, you were diagnosed with that. Um, as a human, how did you, like, you know, and as a mother, as a family, how did you go through, like, how did you overcome such a, such a really, you know? Yeah. I don't know if overcome is the right word, got through it, maybe mm, maybe mm, more. Mm. Um, look, I think with any news like that, the support you have is really, really important. True. Uh, I've always had a very positive and optimistic outlook and attitude. True. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that that helped. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when I got diagnosed, it was a real shock because I'd, I'd literally never been sick. You know, I'd never been to hospital except to have my babies. So when they told me that I had this horrible disease, yeah. and this is me, you know, thinking I'm super healthy because I, I thought I ate healthy. I've always exercised. Mm, so mm, it mm. was a real shock to the system. Um, and then they told me I needed chemotherapy every two weeks. Mm. So I would do it the first week uh, and I'd be really, really kind of out of it. But then the second week I'd have this real surge in energy. Yeah. And of course, you know, when, you're, when you get a diagnosis like that, you have a lot of choices to make, a lot of decisions to make. Yeah. You know, who, who's the medical team I trust? Oof. Where am I going to do my treatment? Man, oh man. Uh, what am I going to do with the children? What do we tell them? How do we share? My husband, my mother. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of people involved in this process. Yeah. So, I keep... Listen, I swear yeah. to any already, 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 guys, you go follow the sister right now because this is just, you know... You know, yeah. Look, we all know somebody that went through this really sure. terrible, you know, um, uh, you know, s- disease. And it's like, for me, uh, I, I, I hate it. I, I, I want to use the, the F word sometimes to describe this, you know, and I, I don't get, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Like, as, a, as somebody who only met, met you twice, I'm so really proud of you. Thank you. Because of the... How you're talking, and right now it might inspire somebody else who's maybe going through that or knows somebody that's going through that. Yeah, and I do have a message about mm. that. You know, it's really no more the death sentence that it once was. Yes. And I really want people listening, watching to understand and believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's treatments now are much better than they were before. Correct. And and people look at the stats, and the stats go back 25 years when treatment was just different. Yeah. So I want people to feel encouraged that this is really. Now, a lot, not all of them, of course, but a lot of cancer cases are treatable. Yeah. So please don't, don't yeah, collapse. And, uh, and early detection and, and, and early checkups are also very, very important. Um, yeah. You're right. But shout out to my sisters out there, you know, and, and anyone, anyone really who's battling through this. Yeah. You know, we really, really salute you. I, I had no words really to describe it. So that's why when I heard your story, I was like, wow. And I'd like to mention that while I kept I kept at the podcast because mm. I really felt that what I was doing was very meaningful, and the early feedback that I got was extremely positive. So from the first episodes that I released in October 2017, they were really really positive. So I knew I was onto something, and uh, and so I decided to stick with it. Honestly, it's not like I made a decision that. I would keep going, you know, forever or push through it. I just thought, look, let me take one episode at a time and see how we go. Yes. And yeah. what ended up happening was the ladies that I was interviewing were so amazing and so energizing and so enriching that they really actually helped me through the process. They really did. I, I really love you for saying that. 
because it's somehow the same kind of process that's happening with me right now. Cool. When I sit every time and do buckle up, I've done like 28, 29 right now episodes, and it's always the same thing. That's how I open, like it's, it's helping. Mm. And you're right, I really feel what you're saying. It helps you because you're like, you're talking to different people, different perspective, different opinions. Yeah, it's A, it's like therapy. Yes. And B, it's, it's like an education. Yeah, it's education know? too. Because, I mean, really, the, the way I get you choose your guests probably similarly, the people I bring on the show, they're women that I really want to hear from, that I want to learn from. And so I guess the same reason listeners in the Middle East love the show is the same reason I love the show, yeah. is I'm learning. Every episode I'm learning and growing as a human. And I, I hope that that's what's happening everywhere. Man, that's 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 really beautiful. Um, and I gotta ask you about your background. You're, you're Lebanese, Palestinian. Grew up in London or lived in London for a while. Yeah, I'm, my dad was Palestinian. Mm. Allah My mom Allah is Lebanese, mm. and I was born in the UK. Yeah. Not London, actually, Birmingham. Birmingham, okay. <laughs> Not quite as posh. Birmingham. Um, yeah. How do you say that? Birmingham. Birmingham. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, and then we moved to the UAE when I was five. We moved to Sharjah, actually. This, this is whole in you know, Khalita was you know like this mm. diversity background that it helped to sh shape who you are today. For sure, mm. for sure. And also the fact that I grew up in Sharjah in Shweifat school, the school that I went to. You went to Sharjah uh, in Shweifat? Yeah. You're kidding? No, I, I was in Shweifat, Sharjah. Really? Yeah. What year were you? What are you talking about? Look, goosebumps. What? Nah. That I didn't know. It's, hey. not, it's not written. It's got to be on my LinkedIn somewhere. Oh my God, I didn't yeah. check LinkedIn. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I was straight hey. Charger. Um, wow, Hasbun, you know Mr. Hasbun? Of course. What? Mr. and Mrs. Hasbun. Yeah. Hey, I um, 1990, I have a long, long story short, I moved from Saudi Arabia, I didn't speak one word of English, and then, you know, 1996, 97, I think. I stayed what? three years. I left in 96. So Yo. June 96, I left. This is crazy. Yeah, I Miss Miles. Yes, of course. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So I honestly, so you know okay. from going to Shweifat, Georgia. TMS. What, uh, or AMS. AMS. Uh. No. <laughs> EMS. EMS, whatever it is. AMS, AMS. It's AMS. I'm telling you. Shweifat yeah. people, it's AMS. I'm yeah, sure it's yeah, AMS. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Imtihanat. <laughs> yeah, weekly, weekly exams. Wow, AMS okay, so you right. moved to, you were in charge of. So there, you recall, it was so international. I mean, we'd have a class and then our classes were like over 30 kids. You know, today my son and his back. class, maximum 20. Are they there? Back then, no, no, no. Okay. But back then we were like over 30 and we probably had 20 nationalities out of 30. So my Facts. whole upbringing was extremely diverse. Mm. And so I've had a lot of practice. Uh, building relationships with people from different backgrounds. Okay. And so now when I work in the corporate world, everyone tells me, oh, your special strength is interpersonal skills and building relationships. Yeah. And, and you know, I almost feel guilty sometimes. Mm, I get you, yeah. Because it comes naturally because of my upbringing and all the practice I've had. And I think it is a learned skill, but true. it's just that I've had practice. You had to come five, in that, yeah. True, true, know? I agree. I mean, I had so. with me like, you know, Greek people and you know, uh, Mixed of yeah, nationalities. Yeah, Pakistani, Iranian, yes. English, yes, American. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. totally. Yeah. Wow. I've got to ask you a very difficult question right Ooh. now. Okay? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's difficult because when they ask me this question, I feel like it's difficult. Uh -oh. And I know it's hard. Uh -oh. um, but understand what I'm trying to say. What are your top three podcasts so far that you've done? Not in terms of guests, maybe. Okay? okay. In terms of what the guest was able to provide. You know? Mm -hmm. So that there's no pressure on naming, you know? Yeah. I have a favorite, and I can tell you, for example, right now, I have a favorite. It's it's one episode that, I'm, that impacted me with it. Okay. You know, that I can tell you. But what about you? 
if you can, you know, again, big up to all your guests. I yes. think they're all incredible. Yes. I know you're going to say that, but there's no running away from it. You got to tell me three. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, either, I wouldn't invite them on the show unless it was someone I was super keen to hear from. So everybody who's been on, I've learned something from. And Facts. I've truly enjoyed the experience. But. Um, no, <laughs> no buts, just yeah. ends. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to my very first show. Because Ooh. that was the inspiration. Mm. Uh oh. So good. You oh, can pick good. up the phone, by the way. No, you say no. you're on Buckle Up. It's good advertising. Oh, course. you want me to? <laughs> it's up to you. No, no. Let's not get distracted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it was actually the inspiration behind the podcast was I'd read a book called What Works: Gender Equality by Design. It's written by a behavioral economist at Harvard, Professor wow. Iris Bonet. Okay. And it was such a light bulb. It was such a it, it really blew my mind mm. that you know here we were with all this uh, the understanding of why gender parity gender parity hasn't moved over the last 20 years despite all the talk about it mm. and this book really uncovered why basically we'd identified the correct problem and given it the wrong solution for like the last couple of decades <laughs> and so when wow. I read that I really needed to know more so I really wanted to talk to the professor who wrote the book and really dive into it and so I sent her um, a general, I sent her general Harvard address an email and I said, hey, listen, P Professor Bonnet, I've got a podcast in the Middle East and I'd love to get put the word out, you know, can I interview you, please? Because I didn't have any other like context, mm. you know, or platform. Yeah, yeah. And then she said yes. And huh. I couldn't believe it. Did she it. take time to reply or was it like, no. And, oh, my God. That's and amazing. So, and so I was like, oh, my God, now I have to start a podcast. <laughs> So I it, it goes, I mean, that's, that's the, the true story. Mm. And, um, and so what I learned by reading her book and by, and by interviewing her was ve has very profoundly affected the way I work today and what I do, actually. Um, yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of focus on, on gender parity. There's a lot of focus on, you know, fixing the woman. Mm. She needs training, she needs confidence, she needs this, she needs that. Mm -hmm. And it's utter nonsense, right? Of course, there are some women who do. In fact, there are some men who do too. 100%. Um, but overwhelmingly, the issues that face women in the workplace are institutional, are systemic. There is systemic bias. There is systemic lack of support. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, she's dropping jewels right now, I'm telling <laughs> you. Okay, go ahead. Go, continue. Yeah, you know, I mean, we know there's poor parental support. We know that mm. there's, you know, toxic meetings mm. where women are routinely uh, man-interrupted, mansplained to, their ideas are appropriated. Mm. You know, and these are these are global issues. Uh, and then in the Middle East, on top of that, you have like major cultural. Uh, sorry, on top of uh, that, in the Middle East, you have major cultural tradition. Issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. traditional women's roles and things like that. Mm. So I, I really am tired of this whole narrative mm. that we need to fix a woman. Actually, for all underrepresented groups, whether you're talking about women or race or anything, you cannot put the, the onus on the underrepresented group to fix it, right? The only people who can fix it are the majority dominant group. So in this situation, it's, we need men to help us fix it. You know, for the race that is underrepresented, we need the dominant race to help us fix it. So we need to fix systems because corporate systems today are self-reinforcing mechanisms. So this whole concept of lean in has been utterly debunked because it's self-reinforcing. You can't go against the system and not get pounded by it. You can't lean in. You I never need to really saw it system. that way before. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So uh, quick question. Yeah. Did, did, did you think like that before you start your podcast? 
Is that something you always had in mind like that? Or I, you learned throughout? So I had always wondered why we weren't making progress despite Be before the podcast. Before, before the okay, podcast. Okay, okay. Because I'd been, so I started running the GE Women's Network in 2011. So mm. from 2011 to 2014, I ran it for the MENAT region, so Middle East, North Africa, Turkey. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I became a lightning rod for 700 women. And I started hearing what was going on in the mm. company. And honestly, these were not my experiences. I hadn't faced these issues. But, and, and so in my immaturity, I didn't realize what was going on until I took that role. And until I started learning that women in the same building as me were having very different experiences to mine. And, um, and still, so back to the point of, well, I, I knew that there were issues and that we had focused on them for 20 years, but why weren't things getting fixed? And so we know, for example, unconscious bias is a problem. Yeah. And we know, we know this, yeah. right? Everybody has unconscious biases. Fine. True. So the way that the corporate world has tried to deal with them is give this half day or two hour unconscious bias training workshop. Now, unconscious biases exist for good reason. We are wired. These are primal biases, right? So when we were, you know, in days gone long back, you would get an instinct to be suspicious of an animal that was a bit different from you because you didn't know if it was going to eat you. Right? I get it. So we are we are primed to be suspicious okay. of people not like us. Mm. And or primed to favor people like us, right? Oh. It's the homophily trap. It, okay. Yeah. Mm. So so these things are all like existed for good reason, you know, two million years ago. But or even, you know, two thousand years ago, ten thousand years ago. Mm. But not today, right? In the corporate world it really gets in the way of good decision making. So people, what unconscious bias is, is that the, someone reading a CV or interviewing a person will apply favor to someone who reminds them of themselves, <laughs> right? Fine. And given that 85% of management is male, guess who they're going to hire and promote and male? pay? Yeah, they're going to pay, not, not just men, men like themselves, mm. right? And so this is a real uh, issue. But that's happening, right? That's a fact. So that's happening. And so what's been proven is that actually this unconscious bias training and diversity training, which is great for raising awareness, okay. doesn't actually Does. fix the problem. Oh, wow. And so this is what I learned from the book. And okay. this is why that book and the first podcast were so pivotal to me as a person and a professional mm. is because what Iris Bonet proved and what she brought, you know, what various behavioral economists have shown is that you have to fix processes. You have to fix the system. Right? You cannot put the onus on the, uh, on the other party, on the minority, on the underrepresented. Because as I said, the corporate system is self-reinforcing. Mm, mm, mm. It doesn't support that. So we have to fix processes. For example, uh, you, if you know that you want a diverse um, workforce, yeah. then you hire with a diverse panel. Right? Correct. Uh, if, you're, if you're doing interviews. Yeah. You know, there's best practice ways to interview that will help you mitigate bias. So for example- I like that word. Yeah, you know, people say, oh, I'm gonna go with my gut, I'll just, you know, freewheel it. <laughs> That's like the worst thing you can do mm. when interviewing someone. Don't ever freewheel, because that gives, that's all bias, Yeah. right? I'm going with my gut, what does that mean? It means I'm going with my bias. 
صح. Right? So uh, intentionally or not intentionally. Right. Yeah. Right. It could be unconscious. It could be totally unconscious. Correct. But that's that's the enemy. The enemy is actually unconscious bias. And it's nice that you're addressing, you know, the the issue like that and you know what it is. Wow. Yeah, I, I, and there's best like there's little processes we can fix. It will never rule it out entirely or mm -hmm. will never, you know, uh, eliminate it, but at least there's many little ways you can re mitigate it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to definitely put a link to your podcast in, in the link below. Oh, thank you. Okay, so that's one. Mm. There's two more. <laughs> All right. Um, let me see. Okay, I'm just going to go with... Uh, I hope oh, it's one of mine. This is so hard. What are yours? Huh? Shall I tell you mine? Yeah, go on then. Well, oh, I mean, I haven't, I haven't listened to all the episodes, but I've listened to majority of them. But what the one that really impacted me, and maybe maybe I'm biased because of that, is Hala Gurani. Me interviewing her or her interviewing me? No, you interviewing her. Okay, okay. I, I really enjoyed that episode. For me, I mean, I love, I love this person. She's just an incredible, you know, overall journalist, human being. But it was nice to get to know her through what you Yeah. And I never thought anyone would interview her like, you know, from our reach. I never really thought. I don't know. She's know? a rock star. So I, like, I can't tell you how much I enjoy How that. is she like in person? She's so funny. Okay. <laughs> and she's brilliant, obviously. She's super smart. Yeah. Um, and she's all over her global affairs, which I find fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Above all, she's so funny. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't have um, okay. too many funny uh, ones, to be honest. Maybe I should get more funny people on my show. <laughs> Yeah. No offense to, no, to my guests blessings so far. To, oh, but okay, there's still two more for me. <laughs> two more? Yeah. Oh my God, this is, is really is, hard. Is Hala one of them? Is, is Hala one of oh, the yeah, three? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So one more. I, so Hala was, we went a bit off-piste because we talked a lot of politics. Okay. And yeah. uh, and I don't do politics on the show. Well, politics was, or polytricks, we call it in yeah. the hip-hop world. Oh, nice. Mm. Uh, so as a rule on When Women Win, we're a business podcast that caters okay. to corporate women with diverse interests. Uh, but with Hala... It was unintentional. Yeah, it just kind deep. of, it just went. I mean, she has her own show, right? Hala Gorani tonight, every night in London. Yeah, and what yeah, do you yeah. think it's about? Yeah. So uh, it, it got yeah. a little political. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess if I had to choose one more here, I'll choose another book. Okay. Uh, that I kind of reviewed, which was How Women Rise: The Twelve Habits Holding Women Back. Wow. And By who? So two co-authors. Okay. And I interviewed them both, one in season one and one in season two. Oh wow. And the reason I interviewed the co-author in season two is because the episode in season one got so much positive feedback. And Marshall. The so it's Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, mm -hmm. who's uh, and uh, Sally Helgeson. The two of them are very, very experienced, renowned executive coaches. And that episode, I mean, I love all my episodes, but that episode is one where uh, women of all levels uh, in their career have reached out and said that was really something. Like that, ah. I really related, I, uh, mm. I saw myself in that, oh my God, um, I'm so glad you flagged that. Like it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a show that really impacted people. Now, of course, the, wow. the shows, are very diverse in terms of their True. inspiration. Yeah. Like we have loads of, I mean, women who come on the show who are really, really inspirational. I mean, if I talk about like Muna Ataya or Lily Kandalaft or oh, you know, yeah. loads of yeah. incredible women who are yeah. doing great things on a daily basis. So that's the inspiration side. Big up, yeah. And then there's the other side, which is, okay, the practical tools side, like books like, um, you know, from Iris Bonet or Marshall Goldsmith. The books I mentioned are the tools. Mm. And then the inspo is available yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So you, you love to read? 
Yeah, I'm a voracious reader. Yeah. Okay. Um, for, for, for somebody who's, who's watching this right now and they're having difficulty, uh, maybe you can tell us quickly a tip to read. You know, like for example, in, in, in Islam, actually, the, the first word in the Quran is Iqra. Mm. Iqra, it means like it's given actually in an order way, like mm. read. Mm. Sadly, we don't read enough, in my opinion. I think the Arab world, I'm talking about the Muslim world, don't read enough. Yeah. What could be a tip from your end to start reading? Is it small books, big books? Is there a way to do it? Is it? I think the the way to start is on a genre that interests you. Okay. Okay. So for I, example, I love that you said that because that that that's what I'm saying. Mm. For example, I love hip hop and basketball. So read about them. Th that's why I'm starting. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm. And you know, I love history, mm. so I love reading historical fiction. Okay. Okay. Um, I love uh, empowering women, so I find it very easy to pick up books mm -hmm. about that. It's, it's really, there are books about everything. Uh, find your passions and interests and read about those. But yeah. the most important thing, now. Man, you just inspired me to ask you a question. I wasn't really, you know, uh, I didn't have in mind before. But when you, when you're selecting your guests, the way the way you're you're pitching when women uh, win, how, how do you do it? Is just a podcast? How do you? Because I think that is a very big icebreaker to when people receive, you know, an information, something maybe they don't, they don't know about. How do you, what's your pitch like? Is it usually an email? Is it like a, for example, have you ever messaged people on Instagram? How I does have. That, how does, yeah? I have. How that works? Um, on Instagram, <laughs> I tell you, messaging people cold hasn't really worked for me. Uh, messaging people? Cold on Instagram. Like DMing and stuff, that hasn't worked for me. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I usually go through my network. Okay, okay, okay. So it'll be an introduction. Mm. The best way to get to people is through an introduction. And that is a very, a very powerful way. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm trying to learn as well from you because that's a really cool way. That's well, I mean, way. I met Cheryl Strayed, for example. I wow. really enjoyed, now you've got me thinking about all the podcasts. <laughs> I really enjoyed chatting to her mm. on the show. I met Cheryl Strayed at the Emirates Literature Festival. Yeah. In uh, 2018. Okay. And that was that must have been February, March, or April, sometime. Mm. And then I chased her for six months by email. I like tortured her <laughs> to try to get her on the show. And then finally, it worked. It worked. Yeah, but mm. I met her, and then I just had to, yeah. to keep chasing. Yeah, but that I think that meeting helped, you know, you know, generate and push for that, sure. make that happen. Because you're right. Yeah, and um, then there's other. I mean, there's women who come on the show. Mm. Um, so, for example, I really wanted to get Bozmas and John on the show, who's the chief marketing. You know who she is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you had you had her. Final episode of season two. What? Stay tuned. Yes, oh. I've done it. It's coming out in uh, ten days' time. In ten days' time. So yeah. maybe this is gonna come out before. Yeah, so Stay good. tuned for that. Stay tuned. <laughs> so you know, and it just it just happens, right? I interviewed Beth Comstock, and mm. she said, and I asked her for a recommendation, and she suggests Reshma Sajani. Reshma Sajani is on my wish list because she's the founder of Girls Who Code in the U.S. and she's written a brilliant book, yes I've read it, called Brave Not Perfect, about how we raise our boys to be brave and our girls to be perfect, and why that translates into anxiety, depression, and lack of success in the corporate world 30 years later. Oh, you know, that is so powerful what you're saying today. <laughs> Thank you. It's incredible. Um, so, then, so then Beth connects me to Reshma. I'm like, mm. oh my God, this is amazing. And then I'm talking to Reshma, and I know that Bozmas and John is on the board of Girls Who Code. So then I ask Reshma, would you mind connecting me to Boz? Oh my God. And she's God. like, of course I will. And then it happened. And so it's just, it's just happening like that. Man. 
Wow. And then because at a, at a global level, yeah. I need the introduction at a regional I level. I hear you. Yeah, you can. I, I know them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I know Mona Ataya yes. and I know, you know, whoever I want to mm. interview locally mm. or regionally. Mm. Mm. That's not a problem. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you asked this question before, if you've been asked this question. What kind of music does Rana and West listen to? <laughs> What do you, what do you, I want to get into your MP3 player, like your phone, what do you have? You know, I don't have an MP3 player or any music on my phone. This is no a music. huge... No music on your phone? It's a huge hole in my life right now. So I grew up listening to okay. hip hop. Aha! And, uh, yes. We got something in common. Yes, yes. I love hip hop. Oh well, my old hip hop, like 90s hip hop? Yes, okay. yes. And, um, and so today, I guess the kind of music I like is Drake and that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, Rihanna, Beyonce, really? anything by these guys, you nice. know? But it's a real, I tell you, it's a real gap in my life because mm. I don't, and I just, I, I uh, it's not because I, I like music a lot, but okay. because I don't have commute, like long commutes. Mm. And the time I have, I'm listening Stop. to podcasts. Can I, can I um, in, intrude myself yeah. here? Yeah. I want to do a mixtape for you. Oh, I would love that. Okay. I, I wanna, would love I wanna that. I want to do a mixtape for you. I don't know, you're saying hip hop. I'll, yes. introduce, I'll put some of my favorite some local people, some, you know, and, and send it to you and see how it is. It's going to be one file. Oh, amazing. And you can just put it on your phone and just whenever you're driving, you're driving, you know, and that's it, you know? Oh, I can't wait. Hmm? And okay. maybe I can ask you for tips. I would like to incorporate more music in my life. How do I do that? But for me, in my opinion, it's research. So for me, it's when you want to do that, because right now it's all about streaming. We got the Spotify's and Rami's. They have playlists. You can just click that and just listen to it. You got a Bluetooth speaker. For me, though, I like it when people research and dig. Don't, don't, don't only be focused on what they give you, the powers that may be I'm talking mm. about here. What is the top 20? Research and, and dig deep. Not only locally, regionally and worldwide. Mm. There's so much music that is not out there. Mm. Apparently, there's something like 600 songs that are released per week you only get to hear 40 or 30 of them. Mm. So, you know, when I say you, it's like, you know, that there's a machine behind it and stuff sure, like that. Sure. But yeah, that's, that's def I'll definitely do that. Thank you. Um, a couple, couple of questions for you, um, definitely, Rana. I, and this is the question I got from a fan of yours in Jordan. Uh, her name is Haya. She's a huge fan. And oh, she found a huge fan. She asked me a question, two questions. Um, one of them is, is a statement more like it and she was like I don't know how you think about it about the word empowerment mm. me and her we always talk about the word empowerment mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm not really a big fan of the word as mm. women empowerment you know and, I want, and she said let's talk about it with her and see when you say women empowerment she believes that women are already powerful we don't need empowering where do you come from that you know what I mean yeah so that's just on the, you know, okay. on the spot kind of question so so I agree that the term women empowerment uh, is very broad mm. and therefore potentially meaningless yeah. because it covers everything. Yeah. But to say that women are, are already powerful, I think is very wrong. Mm. Uh, not because they're not powerful, but um, they really, you can't say someone is powerful if the laws are working against them. Yeah. You can't say someone is powerful the if, system the culture, is built. if the system is built to oppress them, okay. you know? And so when we say, and I hear this a lot, you know, these powerful women, I'm using opera, say, I am empowered, I don't need women empowerment, who are you to tell me I'm not empowered? That's great, you're rich, right? You're rich, you, can, you work in That's a white real collar, talk. you know, you work in a white collar job and you can afford to be jobless for months. You know, you can afford to divorce Facts. that guy. Okay. If your family doesn't support you, or maybe your family does support you, but if they don't, you'll be okay on your own. 
A lot of women don't have these options. I mean, marital rape is still legal in most of the Arab world. Okay, we have the divorce. Like it's it's so difficult for a woman in this in the Arab world to get a fair settlement in a divorce. It, the laws work against us, right? If a woman gets beaten by her husband, it's very possible that she'll go back to her parents and say, "I want to leave him," and her parents will tell her to go right back to his house. Facts. Facts. Sadly. So that's the, that's not just the Arab world. There's yeah, yeah. South Asian. There's yeah. Latin America. Very very similar. So. Yeah, women need empowerment, not because they are not powerful. Sure they are. Mm. But when you need your husband's consent to get a passport, guess what? You're not empowered. You know, nice. when you can't leave someone who's beating you, you know, cuz when you complain that you're being sexually harassed by your boss and you get fired and you can't feed your children, mm. you're not empowered. Yeah. And, so and, and there's really a lot of, you know, there has been a lot of movies and talks and books about that. Um and, yeah, I I see your point. You're you're right. Um is i don't know this, this is a very deep discussion but what you said in the beginning is changing the system is the root of the problem yeah. that's how you do it you've got to change the system you got to and how do you change um, the, you need to change the culture and you need to change the laws mm. and like it starts with law and then you have you know we have we have to have fair yeah. laws like things like marital rape that's a quick one right fix it um, you know equal pay laws why is that only happening now and then you have you know sexual harassment laws oh we need we need a revamp of the laws in the arab world and then we need to implement them implementation yeah. i think is the is yeah. the point but man ah this is this is crazy this is one of those episodes for me in the i'm dry, i don't know where we are right now <laughs> you know you're dry. But you know, you know house, this is incredible you, where where do you think the most dangerous city in the world for women is what do you think it is what dangerous city the most dangerous city on planet earth for women the most dangerous mega city wow i have no idea cairo 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 egypt is the most dangerous city for women um, why oh gosh over 99% of women have been sexually harassed and by sexually harassed i mean it could be you know in the street yes, someone yes. saying ya ashta or whatever that's still sexual harassment that's still demeaning a woman right um, but there's also real issues like uh, not just rape mob rape um, you know i mean cairo is a very dangerous city for women you've been and before I, i've been many times mm. and you know they can say we have that's a, the reason i mention it is there are laws they're just not implemented yeah and that's a really big you know? deal i i hear you and um, you know i just want to take this opportunity to say that i i think uh, i i had a friend of mine the other day say that um, it's always it's always been about you know men and women equal like supporting like we have to support each other Uh, and there's a lot of initiatives. I'm into the music and art scene, so I always try to incorporate my sisters out there. Like if I have a lineup, you know, I, I cannot have a lineup without a, without a sister there. Mm. I just can't. I never really done it. I never will do it. Even if the lineup is dominated by men, because of whatever reason it is, I will only have always have one or two artists that are repping my sisters out there. Because I think it's a duty. And this is I'm talking about art. Mm. There is much more, I think, stronger issues in the world than. Um, and no, I thank you really for about, talking about it. Rather, no, really. what you're talking about matters, right? Yeah, it's just art. But guess what? Those women are artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's crucially important. Yeah. Um, another question I was asked is, is the episode in Arabic? Like, uh, do, do you have any episodes in Arabic out there? I, I've just done a clip that comes out next week. It's yeah, in Arabic. Salam. So Look at that. Next week, I'm, I've interviewed uh, Rizlan Genes, the founder of The Modest. Okay. But uh, not the whole interview, but okay. I've done a good 10 minutes. Oh. Uh, Okay. Video, bad. Oh, Video. 
video. So that oh, comes wow. out next week. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So that, I don't know when this episode comes out, but uh, uh, according to Zero on the back, he's gonna work on it. Maybe four or five <laughs> days from now. But yeah, um, but blessings for your time. You're just really incredible. Thank um, you. I gotta ask you, where do you see when uh, when women win in the next five years? How do you see it? Five years, gosh, five years is a long time, yeah. big house. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, how do you see it? You I hope see we're it? around. You know, <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't you know? Take, I don't take that stuff for granted anymore. Of course, I get you. Um, and where do you see it in the future? What What do you see it? Do you, you know? I, because what you said right now can actually be taught in schools and universities. And, and people always make fun of me when I say hip hop is being taught in schools. There, there's Ninth Wonder and there's my friend Narsi who's Iraqi. He's teaching hip-hop in universities. Beautiful. Hip-hop is being taught. It's not that, you know, yo, yo. It's being taught. It's elements. It's movement. Well, it's it's a culture. It's cultural revolution, yeah. hip-hop. So, was, yeah. yeah. So for me, stuff like that should also be taught in, in schools. I and, agree completely. And they're starting in Scandinavia. When women yeah. win. Yeah. I mean, they're starting to, to teach, you know, how... Uh, how gender inequality starts. Yeah. It starts very young, by the way. Yes, yes. Very young. Yeah. I mean, we know yeah. that at the age of five, girls and boys have the same level of confidence. By the age of six, True. girls and boys think that boys are smarter. So That's a fact. Yeah, that was Princeton researchers. So, so this is what we're up against. I mean, it starts very young. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the education system does incorporate some of this stuff. Because yeah. to a certain degree, you know, by the time you get to the corporate world 30 years later, it's, there's, oh, My bad, go there's, ahead. <laughs> there's a lot of unlearning to do. Mm. So wouldn't it be great if we could set our girls up and our boys, right? Because I, it has to be a partnership. And I, wouldn't it be great if we could set them both up for success from an early age, rather than going through what we're going through now, yeah. which is a system of you know, gross inequality and people having to unlearn 30-year-old mm -hmm. behaviors and cultural assumptions. Yeah. Right, so I, I hope, and I hope when women win, will uh, will keep growing. It's currently listened to in 144 countries. Mashallah. So hopefully more and more. And um, this is incredible. I'm, look, I'm so proud of you, Rana. Uh, really, as a human being, and I think it's important. We know the culture of podcasting is. I don't know, relatively, I think, new in, in, in the region, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of amazing podcasts out there. there. Are. Um, you know, and yours is really some, like a podcast that you can just put it in the car, whatever you're listening to, it's, it's, it's in everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can listen to it everywhere, which is sure. really amazing. And um, my last question would be, tell me something that not a lot of people know about you. Ooh. Something that even, the, even some people who are, who are like been on your show right now will be shocked to know. Okay, really not a lot of people know this. Okay. Know, almost nobody. But um, <laughs> my dad, Alayhama, was an OBGYN. Okay. And uh, he, was, uh, he was really the biggest feminist I've ever met. He was a bigger feminist than I am, just Big for up. the record. Uh, and he delivered me. He delivered myself and my sister oh, wow. in England all those decades ago. Wow. So yeah, my dad, my dad was the. Oh, may he so rest in peace and yeah. power. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. What was his name? Dr. Malik Nawas. Dr. Malik. Yeah. 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 So he delivered my sister and I. Which I think is a pretty cool. Uh, that's a cool fact. Happenstance. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's amazing actually. Thank you. Wow. Well, bless you, Rana. You're. I mean, I can spend like a, another half an hour. I don't know where we are. I'm just trying to find out where we are because I got immersed. I don't know either, although this yeah. is my neighborhood. Yes, I got immersed in the discussion. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for You're having me. You're incredible. Follow this sister, guys. I think it's, like I said, she's one of our heroes. She's some, no, seriously. And I think we're missing a lot of that. It's not about role models and all that. It's about, she, this lady's making an impact. She's interviewing people that are from the West, 
first of all, changing their perception about us through meeting her. Um, second of all, in my opinion, uh, she's impacting, maybe you don't know it, Rana, but you're impactful. I've had people tell me that I've listened to your podcast and I've changed how I think, or this inspired me to start my own podcast. Wow, that's amazing. What, that's you, know, really you know how powerful that is? And for I, people to start their own podcast because they listen to somebody. That's incredible. You know, and there's a lot of podcasts out there, but you never really connect until they wow. found a connection with you, whatever it was, you know? And Beautiful. that's very powerful in my opinion. And I love what you said at the beginning, you know, it's about us owning our narrative. Yeah. So that's khalas, When Women is... Win has many objectives mm. and one of them is pushing out the Arab voice. Yeah. So I purposely, mm. if you go and look at season two, it's one international person, one Arab, one mm. international, one Arab. And the goal is to bring learnings from international people into the country, into mm -hmm. the region, sorry, mm -hmm. and then push Arab voices out. out. Listen to our Arab women, see what they're doing. Yeah. These are, we are all Arab women working in the Arab world. Check us out. And that's part of the mission of When yeah. Women Win. Yeah, we keep talking, it's incredible. Do you have any artists in the indie podcast? I, I have uh, Afra Ati. Afra! Shout out to Afra, my she sister. Out. She was in season she one. She is powerful. She's so powerful. Woo! I love that lady. Yeah, oh, that's, that lady. that's amazing. Hey, I'm uh, trying to think if there's been anyone else. Who do you want to get with? Like, who do you want to get on your show if there's a wish list? Ah, oh, Serena Williams. Oh my God, stop the car, man. <laughs> you know, if you get Serena Williams, I'll wash your dishes for like 10 years straight. I would love to have Serena Williams on the show. And, and Nadine Labake. I would love to have Nadine Labaki. You ever met? Never. I feel like you don't know each other. Like it's crazy. Nadine? Yeah. No, we've communicated over email, okay, okay. but it hasn't yet happened. Yeah, so. I've been trying to interview Nadine for 12 years now. <laughs> so she's, she's definitely yeah. up there. Oh, wow. This is yeah. two incredible names, Salah. Yeah. Serena Williams. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Inshallah. Inshallah. Maybe season three. It will happen. Her sister just got beaten by a 15-year-old. Her name is Coco. No way. 15-year-old mm. beat uh, Venus. Uh, in an incredible match, now. she's 15 in Wimbledon. Just now in Wimbledon. Just two, day, two oh days ago. Oh my gosh! So, How's yeah. Serena doing? I don't, I don't know. I don't think she's she's in. She's playing in the in the competition, but but that's incredible. You play any any sports? Any tennis? I used to play tennis. Yeah, I used to, like I, a tennis I love watching tennis. I used to be a swimmer actually. I was nice. a competitive swimmer. Nice. Um, yeah. Big up for that. Now I'm a CrossFitter. <laughs> love. Uh, can you say your social media handles to the guys over here? Your sure. your podcast and your also personal. One. Sure. So my podcast is When Women Win. So the website is WhenWomenWinPodcast.com, nice. and on social media it's at WhenWomenWinPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. And for me personally, I'm at Renanawas on all of them, and my website is Renanawas.com. Get in it. touch. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely truly. get in touch. Support the system, man. Uh, we love you. We salute you. We're, we're always supportive of what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for blessing me with this incredible buckle up. I'm, I'm, it's definitely right up there. I love this show. We love it. <laughs> we love it. Salam alaikum, everybody. Peace and love. Like and subscribe and all that good stuff. We salute you. We love you. Salam. <laughs>